Okay, we're going to dedicate our class today for Schus Rufu Pevashlema for Elio Meir Ben Rivka. This discourse is a very special discourse. I'm trying to find it for uh, 20 years. And let's go right to it. It's about the half shekel that's given uh, every year towards the costs of the sacrifices, or originally it was given uh, to pay for the costs of the silver sockets that were um, uh, used in the in the sanctuary in the Mishkan. This is what everyone who has transgressed the laws, meaning anyone who has done the sin of the golden calf, everyone should give a half coin. The coin, a full coin, is worth 20 smaller coins called Geira. But everyone should give a half a coin as a gift to Hashem. We need to understand why does the Torah have to list the cost of a full coin, of a full shekel, and to tell us that a full coin is a value of 20 geira? What's required of each Jew is to give a half a coin, not a whole coin. So Torah should have said, give 10 geira, 10, give 10 smaller coins, which is a value of a half of a shekel. Why does the Torah have to tell us? So first question is, why at all mention the cost of a full coin? If you're only giving a half, so then say give a half a coin, which is 10 gera. Why does the Torah have to say that a full coin is 20? Second question is, why indeed do we have to give a half? In holiness, we don't find that half is considered valuable. On the contrary, in the Torah, there's an emphasis that, will, as we'll see, that everything should be complete, everything should be beautiful. And here, we say it should, it should specifically be a half. A rich man shouldn't give more, a poor man shouldn't give less. It has to be specifically a half. question is, why a half? The reason why the Ark had a measurement of a half of an amma. that's in order to tell a Jew that even if you are connected to Torah, and you are a ben Torah, meaning that this is your identity, you are submerged in Torah, you scuba dive in Torah, nevertheless you should know that you're only a half. So that's why the Ark was a Messiah Chetzi Arka, it was two and a half Amas. The reason why there was a half Amma there is to tell a Jew, although you may be an Ark of Torah, you may be holding lots of Torah, However, you are only a half. You're not, you're not, you, need, you need to sense the giver of the Torah. But that's only in regards to how you must feel about yourself. To feel that you're only a half. However, regarding those things that you give to God, it says all the best should be given to Hashem. The Rambam says that anything that is given for the sake of Hashem, who is good, should be beautiful, should be good. And that's why the law is, regarding uh, the laws of Truma, that you cannot give from a half, you can't give a piece, you have to give only complete things. So why do we give a half coin? You specifically must give a half. Why a half? So question number one is, why does the Torah have to tell us the cost of a whole coin, if we're only giving a half? 
Question number two is why you half? The question gets greater. The purpose of giving this half coin is to rectify the sin of the golden calf. As the Torah says, give this coin to atone for your souls. Since the sin of the golden calf was all-encompassing, so it must be that this half coin is an all-encompassing thing because it rectifies a major break the Jewish people had with Hashem. So since there is a major break, or if this is meant to rectify a major break, it must be something that is something that's, that's all-encompassing. And although it's all-encompassing, the Torah says, no, it shouldn't be full. It should be half. Do not say, Maybe the Torah doesn't want to talk about Gera. Gera is a small coin. And the Torah wants to talk about the, the Benjamins. The Torah wants to say, give a whole coin. Uh, the Torah wants to tell us, the, there is a whole coin, there is a, a, a shekel, and give a half of that important Benjamin-like coin. Give a half of a, a shekel. Therefore, the Torah says, give a half a shekel. It doesn't want to say, give ten gera. Because ten gera is like, is, it, it's, a, it's, an, it's, it's um, there's disdain for such a small coin. And therefore, the Torah says, give half of a bigger one. But that doesn't explain it. There is another um, word for, a, uh, for, for the value of the half coin. That's beka. Becca is like I guess what was on the fifty dollar bill. I don't know. Becca is the is, is give a fifty. That would that if the Torah would have said give a, give a becca, that would have meant to give a uh, half of a full coin as well. And so why does the Torah have to say? So the fact that Torah specifically highlights and says half coin and doesn't say becca. It doesn't say give a becca, which would be the equivalent of a half coin. Rather, the Torah says half coin specifically. It's because the Torah wants us to know that this was a half coin. That's rectification of the sin of the golden calf, the half coin specifically. So, what does that mean? Why, why half specifically? Why is that rectification? To close, what this idea means is that the Jewish people give the half by days and through this, God gives the other half. Okay, for lush next page. The Torah uses the word half shekel twice. It says, This is what everyone should give. Uh, anyone, uh, anyone over the age of 20, um, everyone should give a half shekel. The Torah repeats, A half shekel should be given as a gift to Hashem. Why is it emphasized two times the word half shekel? Because there's two parts of the half shekel. One is that you give, and one is that God gives. You give your half shekel, and Hashem responds and gives, he gives his half shekel. You have to give your half, and he responds and gives the other half. What does this mean? So before we go to this basis, in short, our questions are, why does the Torah require us to give a half coin? Why mention the number of the total of, of, a, of the value of the full coin if you're only giving a half? And in general, we always find in Torah that... that uh, Half is considered something neg- n- n- negative, it's not full, not complete. And here, 
um, not only would it seem to be appropriate to be complete, but here you'd seem, it would seem to be even more uh, relevant to have something that's whole because you want to rectify the sin of the golden calf, which was a major break between the Jewish people and Hashem externally. Uh, so there has to be something major that's all-encompassing to fix it, and yet the Torah emphasizes half. So we start to say is that there's something more about the word half, and that is that the Jewish people give their half, Hashem responds with his half. What does this mean? So we're going to go way off to discuss the uh, four worlds and the parallel for the four worlds in, uh, in, 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 in various parts of each world that correspond to the general four worlds. Let's go to it. Yuvan Zabak, when the stands are first looking at the words of Rechaim Vital, there are, in general, in the spiritual cosmos, there are four levels. The four levels are lights, vessels, garments, and chambers. And they correspond to the four letters of God's name. And they correspond to the four worlds. In every world, there are all, all, all these things. Lights, vessels, garments, and chambers. But they have each of these things respectively has a relationship to one of the four letters of God's name and to one of the four worlds. Because these four levels correspond to the four worlds, that's a Talmudic phrase, which means it teaches us about the four worlds, but it also, we can learn about what those things are from the four worlds. From what the four worlds are, we can understand what these four things are. In general, um, vessels, garments, and chambers are the same thing. What are they about? They're about being a vessel. What's the purpose of a vessel? A vessel, let's just talk about... Uh, uh, we're going to give an analogy soon, but um, in general, the purpose of a vessel is to reveal the light. And so these three items, vessels, garments, and chambers, are all about revelation of the light. So that's the general thing they all have in common, vessels, chambers, and uh, garments. However... There's a distinction, and this distinction is similar to the distinction of the three worlds, as we'll see, Bri So, there is the, uh, the light itself, there is the revelation of godliness, which in Kabbalah is called Ayin, it's called nothingness. Ayin is called nothingness because um, the whole purpose of Or, of Hashem's light, is to reveal the luminary. It's no entity for itself, it's just about revelation of Hashem. The vessel is meant to channel the light so it does something. It, the, the light itself wants to cleave to the luminary. The light itself is only about revelation of the luminary. Um, the light itself is, 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 is negligible in the presence of the luminary. It doesn't feel itself to be something. So that's the light itself. Then there is the vessel. The vessel is meant to bring the light down, to reveal the light in, the low, in, the, in what's beneath it. That's the purpose of a vessel. So it says in the, uh, um, the Zohar, he and his lights are one, he and his vessels are one. In the world of Atsilus, the lights and the vessels are all one with Hashem. The, the general feeling, if you will, in the world of Atsilus is he, is, he is alone, there's nothing besides him. 
So although there are lights and there are vessels in the world of Atsilas, but in general, both the lights and the vessels are both expressing the same thing that there's nothing besides. But the fact that the Zohar has to make two sentences and say, he and the lights are one, he and the vessels are one, indicates that there's something different about his unity with the lights and his unity with the vessels. Because the function of the vessels is to reveal, is to do something, so it's not only about him. So lights don't want to go to vessels. Lights and vessels, uh, lights want to stay attached to the source, to the luminary. So lights don't want to go into the vessels. However, they do. And the vessels are created in a way they can handle and hold on to the lights and channel the lights to, um, to re- be revealed. So, Atsilus, in general, is compared to Ayin. The lights are associated with the world of Atsilus, in general. Because what are the lights about? The lights are about revelation. Of, they're about, they're about nothing, being, nothing besides Hashem, no sense of self. So in general, light, in Kabbalah, the word light refers to something which, is, which has characteristics of Atsilus. Versus the other three levels, they correspond, we'll see, respectively to the three worlds. So the light needs the vessel to bring it down, but the light doesn't actually want to be there. There's a very big gap between the light and the vessel, between ayin and yesh, between being and not being. So, nevertheless, the lights do go to the vessels, and vessels do hold on to the lights. And therefore, um, we can say that he and the lights are one, he and the vessels are one, that even the vessels are a revelation of God's oneness because the lights do become one with the vessels. And therefore, Hashem, the luminary, can be considered to be one, not just with the lights, but also with the vessels. If you don't understand, you're not supposed to, because there's the next paragraph will understand this. Let's go to the bottom of the page. Understands by way, this is by a human being. How is it by a human being? God made a person in the image of Hashem. Hashem made a human being to be similar to the supernal man who sits in the throne. That refers to the revelation of godliness in the world of Atsilus. The supernal man on the throne, the throne refers to the world of Bria. The supernal man is about the ten spheres of Atsilus, the world of Atsilus. So Hashem made a human being to mirror the world of Atsilus. Therefore, from the way things are by a human being, who was created in the image of Atsilus, we can understand how things are in Atsilus. What is called in Kabbalah, lights and vessels, are, in our world, they're called, in this world, it's called Choymer and Surah. The matter and the form of matter. The Although matter and form are distant from each other, nevertheless they unite that the form, its expression is specifically related to the kind of material that it is forming. And by the form becoming vested within the material, that changes and elevates the material. That elevates the matter. He gives an example. For example, in our limbs of our body. The limbs of our body are vessels for our soul powers. For example, the matter, the material of the eye, is an appropriate vessel 
for the tzura, for the form, for the power of sight. The word tzura is literally translated as form, but it also can mean function. There's a there's a matter something's made out of, and then then it's what it's used for. It's function. What what, what what's its tzura? Um, so there is the matter of the eye, and there is the function of the eye. It should see. So the power of sight, which comes into the matter of the eye, is a marriage. How does marriage work? Although the material of the eye itself is physical, although among the physical items in the world itself, it's more refined. It's like a spiritual part of the physical world. The physical eye is more spiritual because it's more refined. Nevertheless, how does the power of sight, how does the form manifest in the eye? It depends on the material of the eye. The way you see has to do with the kind of eye that you have. The the material of the eye is, 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 is refined. Sapiri is related to the word sapphire. But in Yiddish translation, Rebbe is translating it as it's it's uh, transparent. It's something which is which is uh, transparent. According to the um, the white and dark in the eye, that's how, according to their um, composition of the light and dark in the eye, that is how the sight will be manifest. And that means the kind of of expression of the 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 uh, form or purpose or function depends on the material in which this function um, is investing itself. Here, the function is the power of sight. The material is the eye. How well do you see? What kind of eyesight do you have? It depends on the eye. Depends on the, the physical eye. We say to Mizu, Not only is this true for the physical eye. This is also true regarding the spiritual eyesight. There is a good eye, and there doesn't want to say the other one. He says the opposite of the good eye. These two things are also dependent on the material of the physical eye. In the eye itself, there is blood and there is water. If the majority of the uh, material of the eye is blood, that's similar to Asaph, who is called red, then the eye will be in the opposite of a good eye. But when there's more water than blood, then there will be a good eye. Um, I'm not sure... Uh, what the Rebbe is referring to, but maybe um, it was referring to the following. What's the of a good eye or the opposite of a good eye? A good eye means the idea of a good eye means, as Mendel Futafas used to say, that the most important character trait a person needs to have is to have a good eye. Because if you have a good eye, so you're always always happy because someone's always having something good happen to them. So if you're able to rejoice with someone else's uh, fortune, so you're always happy. You have a good eye. Your good eye means that you're happy with what, what, what other people have. Versus a opposite of good eye is that you're always jealous, you're always angry. Why is this, why is this person having good things happen to them? It's, I, it's I'm, the same thing. It's how you translate it. How you translate it. How you translate it with your eye. But it's the same event. Right. It's a narrative. You, it. Yeah. It's your own. 
So, Sreva is saying there's more water in the eye, more blood in the eye. Um, I, I, perhaps he's not just referring to uh, blood and water, but the um, the what water and blood represent. In other words, there is Asa, which is blood, but there is there is there is being very heated and very excited about physical things, and then you get very jealous naturally for what people have. Or if there's more water in the eye, there's more there's more water in general is in Kabbalah is is intelligence, and you're able to see things more more objectively. You're able to see ah. Oh, Baruch Hashem, this guy has something good happen to him. That's great. So, perhaps water and... You can't be. Huh? Physicality has to be a balance. In actuality, you can't have neither one more. It won't work. And the eye won't work? Well, yeah, I mean, it depends on how much more you're going to have. So he says it, 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 the material of the eye has, right. has both, and the composition is either more blood or more water. So I'm thinking maybe more blood, more water, the physical composition is connected to the spiritual composition of more... Sense of self versus more su- subjectivity or objectivity. I don't know. So he gives another example uh, uh, about this composition of of choymer um, material and function. We also have the brain. There's a brain is the material. Then there is the function of the brain, which is intelligence. So the kind of intelligence, the way it vests itself in your brain, what kind of intelligence will you have depends upon what kind of brain you have. Okay, in general, there's two kinds of uh, intellectual soul powers. There is Chachma and Bina. Chachma in general is called uh, cold and wet, and Bina is called hot and dry. Why is Chachma called hot, cold and wet? Because Chachma is about seeing the seminal point of an idea, seeing what the, the, the real essence of the idea is about. So it's about the way the thing fuses together. Because water, the nature of water is to put things together. So Chachm is about the way things are put together, the way things are more abstract, the way things are in, in, in all, all together before they've been divided in many details. Bina, on the other hand, is called hot and dry because it's dry because it, it t- takes the pieces apart. And it's called hot because it, it burns the idea. It burns the idea into a million pieces. And now you could divide the idea and look at it from all different angles. So... So there's something about the physical composition of the brain which is related to these, in other words, hot and, and dry and cold and wet aren't only a physical analogy for Chachamina. They also have something to do with the composition of the brain. There is a part of the brain which, I don't know what it means, but there is a part of the brain which is related to these physical components of cold, wet, hot and dry. And that depending upon what kind of brain you have, or the part of the brain which is related to Chachma, how cold and how wet that is, and how I don't think scientists have discovered what what what, what this means, but um, depending on the composition of your brain, that will depend that will indicate if you have more Chachma or more Bina. And uh, the same applies also to Das. Das is the way you connect with the idea, the way you make it personal, the way that you that you react to it. So Beishamai is always strict, Beishilel is always lenient. Why is that? 
That's because Beishamai souls come from Gvura and Beishilol souls come from Chesed. More, more, well, they have both, they have both, but there's more Chesed in Beishilol. So, uh, that, it's, that, that indication um, to Chesed or to Gvura, that, that, that turning towards each, each part uh, of that, each realm, Chesed or Gvura, Beishilol, although it seems to be a soul thing, However, it also depends on the brain itself of Beisham Beisilo. The, um, the building of the material of the brain is connected to the soul that's being put into the brain. So, on the one hand, we're saying Beisham chooses to be strict because his soul comes from Gvur. On the other hand, we're saying Beisham chooses to be strict because the material of his brain is associated with Gvur. His das, his connection, is built in a more Gvuritic fashion. It's not a contradiction. His his material is built, as all materials, built to fit the form. So each form is, bit to, is, is, is built in a way that it can hold the form. So the way the, the form, the way the function, the way the soul power is revealed depends upon the material of the vessel. And so too is this true regarding the supernal man on the throne that the lights and vessels in Atsilus, the lights are connected to the vessels. The light unites with the vessel. The whole point of the light of the vessel is to reveal the light. So, uh, so it's built in a way that there is that they're meant to match each other. Yes, they're very different, but they're meant to match each other, just like in ourselves. Our brain is built to hold the kind of soul that we have. You follow? Can I ask a question? Go for it. The whole thing. Would it be possible for a brief summary of how we got from the Chatsu shackle through the four worlds through the lights and vessels being one? We haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Um, like, this I is keep, a preface. I keep watching the series, see what happens. Yes. It's good, I love it. I just did the last, last few lines of page 269. And the base, and God willing, we'll get back to the the, the vessel, the uh, half shackle yet. We just said, so understand by first prefacing. In general, in Hasidus, it says the first paragraph of my is called the passport. It's just a way to get into the subject. So the subject isn't about the half coin, that's just to get into the subject. The subject is the lights of the vessels. So we get there before Shabbat? Hopefully. We'll find out. Hopefully. I won't be greedy for more time. <laughs> okay. Mahu Yoiser, in Marshall Ha'er, Hamed is Chuchash Vehan as Chuskein Evgamner. The way the light and the vessels react to each other is that the light and the vessel become one, so much so that the whole point of the vessel is to reveal the light. This is more than the following analogy. The following analogy is. Light shines through the color of the glass. The light projects according to the color of, of the glass. But unlike in the analogy, where although the light appears as red, it's not a red light. However, with lights and vessels, the lights of Hashem come in the vessels of Batsilus, the vessel does affect them so that the light should be revealed according to the vessel. That, that's the impact the vessel has on the light. The light changes. The light by itself does not have a form. There's an argument in Kabbalah about this, about whether light has a form and, or light does not have a form. The, the, the uh, argument is based upon a, a statement in the Zohar, or one of the, one of the things that these two opinions argue about is a statement in the Zohar. The Zohar says that Hashem, uh, for whatever reason, 
switch the places of the vessels. Uh, it says they give him the Torah, there was such an experience. But switching, if Hashem switches the places of the vessels, it tells you, it could tell you two things. It could tell you that the lights have no form. Chachma is not Chachma until it comes into the vessel of Chachma. Bina is not Bina until it comes to the vessel of Bina. And that's why it's possible to switch Chachma for Bina. Bina for Chachma, because the whole difference in Chachma and Bina is just their, uh, just their vessels. Or you could say, the fact you're talking about switching the place means that the light itself has a form. Otherwise, why, is it, why, why you have to switch it? The fact that you're saying that this light should be switched to this vessel means that this light is different than that light. And so another way of looking at the lights and vessels are the lights have some kind of subtle form before they enter the vessels, and the vessels crystallize the form of the, the, the lights already have. But either way, the, um, the, the, uh, in comparison to the vessels, for sure the lights don't have the same kind of form that the vessels don't. And by the light going into the vessel, the vessel can now... Um, manipulate the light to 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 project not just to project like the form of the vessel as an analogy of the lights going through various colored glasses but the light itself is changed by the vessel to be revealed in the same way that the vessel is so in short what we learned today is we asked the questions about the half shekel and then we started to talk about the idea of lights and vessels and we learned is that um, Hashem builds the lights and vessels to fit each other and the light is revealed according to the material of the vessel and just like in, in our analogy of our brain that uh, the kind of brain that you have is connected to the kind of soul that you have like Beishamai had his brain was built to fit his sphere of Gvura and so to the lights and the vessels that the lights enter the vessels and they become one of the vessels and they are and they're built to fit each other so that the vessel can uh, manipulate the light so the light, so the light should be uh, projected according to whatever the vessel is. To be continued. <laughs>